In Japan, in 1915, the quaint town of Sankabetsu was about to experience something so terrifying, it would change the entire country forever. In today's episode of the show, we'll be covering the most vicious animal attack in Japanese history. This story is so crazy, if it were adapted to become a horror movie, it would seem unbelievable and far-fetched. So make sure you stick around until the end of today's episode, because this one will leave you speechless. Welcome to the Truly Terrifying Show. If you like stories about crime, killers, or mystery, then this is the spot for you. I upload once per week on YouTube and all podcast directories, so if you want to support the show, please give a like and subscribe. I work really hard on every single episode, and I appreciate every ounce of support. With that, let's get straight into today's show. In November of 1915, the Aketa family was working on their farm. The farm was located just on the outskirts of a town called San Kebetsu, which is located in the northern Hokkaido region of Japan. The family was working away and completing their everyday tasks when they heard something coming from their barn. They went to the stables to see their horse who was all riled up. He was repeatedly backing into the wall, staring intently out into the distance. One of the family members followed the horse's gaze to see a big dark figure looming in the shadows of the forest. As the family tried to figure out what it was they were looking at, it emerged from the darkness and made its way towards them. The creature stopped when it got to a pile of freshly harvested corn and they were able to make out what it was. It was a massive Osuri brown bear. The Osuri subspecies of brown bear is only found in northern Japan, China, Russia, and Korea. The Osuri is one of the largest species of bear, with some of the bigger ones rivaling the largest species on earth, the Kodiak. Ursuris can stand up to 9 feet tall and weigh up to 1,200 pounds. Amongst the Japanese people, bears have a reputation of being man-eaters. During the first half of the 20th century, 141 people were killed in bear attacks on Hokkaido, with a further 300 injuries. The Aketa family watched as the gigantic bear ate some of their corn before it turned and returned to the forest. The family was concerned. Not only did they know that an Asuri bear could easily get into their stables and kill their horse, they also knew that it could probably break down their wall and eat the entire family if it wanted to. Luckily, in the days that followed, they didn't see any signs of the bear. But to be safe, they made sure to keep their eyes peeled. A couple of weeks later, when the family heard a similar sound coming from their stables, they immediately scanned the tree line. There, in the same spot they saw it last time, was the bear. The farmer sent one of his sons into town to notify the villagers and bring back a few matagi. The matagi were winter hunters that were specially trained to kill bears. The farmer watched as the bear emerged from the forest and made its way towards him. But this time, instead of stopping at the crops, it was going straight for the stables. The Matagi hadn't arrived yet, so the farmer grabbed his gun and he moved towards the bear, yelling and screaming, hoping it would get scared away. Luckily, this startled the bear and it ran back to the forest. For some reason, the bear seemed to have taken interest in the village and would likely be back. So they hosted a town hall meeting and told everyone to be on the lookout for the bear and to alert the Matagi if they saw it. Just like they thought, the bear returned 10 days later. It appeared in the exact same spot on the farm, and this time, they were prepared. Two Matagi arrived within two minutes, and the farmer and son already had their rifles. 
The four men took position, awaiting the bear to advance. And when it did, they all fired simultaneously. The gunshots scared the bear off, and it sprinted back into the forest. But this time, they weren't just going to let it go. So they followed its tracks deep into the trees, and it led them straight towards Mount Onashaka. As they walked, they could see bloodstains in the grass, which confirmed that they had definitely injured the bear, but likely hadn't done enough damage to kill it. After nearly an hour of tracking the footprints, a snowstorm rolled in, forcing them to turn around. But the men concluded that the injury would probably scare the bear enough that it would no longer visit their village. At around 11am on December 9th, the Ota family had just finished up eating breakfast. The mother, Abe Mayu, was babysitting her newborn daughter while her husband went to town for some supplies. She was sitting in the kitchen when she thought she heard something at her front door. She stood up and walked towards it when she was stopped in her tracks. Through the thin door, she could hear the unmistakable grunts of a brown bear. She clutched her baby tightly and moved as quietly as possible to the back of the house. She crouched in the corner, clutching her baby and praying the bear wouldn't get in. And just when she thought it left, the door came crashing down and the bear burst through it. It ran straight towards Abamayu, who screamed for help. It got there in less than a second and it ripped her baby out of her hands, biting down on its head and throwing it across the room. She tried to get away, throwing firewood at the bear, but it easily overpowered her, sinking its big teeth into her leg. It then dragged her out of the house and into the forest. Shockingly, nobody heard this happen, so when her husband returned, he walked into a scene straight out of a horror movie. The house was a disaster, and there was blood everywhere. His newborn baby had tragically passed away, and there was a clear trail of blood accompanying a set of bear prints which led into the forest. The following morning, a search party of around 30 people went out to hunt the bear and find the body. They also sent a man named Akemi off to visit Yamamoto Haikiki, an expert bear hunter. After about 30 minutes, members of the search party spotted the bear in the distance and didn't hesitate. They fired five bullets at it, hitting it once. The bear ran away, leaving a trail of blood and the partially eaten body of Abamayu. All that was left was her head and her legs. The town congregated once again and discussed the imminent danger they were in. Bears are one of the most intelligent land animals on the planet, and given it had gotten a taste for human blood, it was likely it would be back for more. Therefore, they put together a team of villagers who would defend the village from the bear. The team put on armor, loaded up their guns, and assembled a perimeter around the village. A large group was stationed at the Ota farm, another at the Aketa farm, and the rest were guarding a safe house for women and children. At around midnight, the team stationed at the Ota farm was keeping watch and bragging about who would kill the beast when they heard yelling. The bear had returned. Instead of hesitating along the tree line, the bear was running straight towards them. Most of the men were hunters and had never dealt with something like this, so they were panicking. The men yelled at each other frantically, fumbling to get their guns loaded as the bear drew closer and closer. It was less than a hundred feet away by the time one of the men got a shot off, which sent the bear running in a different direction. 
Hearing the commotion, the group at the Aketa farm ran straight towards the noise, hoping to intercept the bear along the way. Before they could get to it though, the bear changed directions and ran straight towards the center of the village. Down at the other side of town, the guards could hear the men yelling. Thinking the bear must be attacking, they ran to the rescue, leaving only one man to guard the women and children. Inside, a woman named Yoya was preparing a meal for some of the other mothers. She was heating up soup over an open flame using only an oil lamp to see. It was extremely dark in the room, and the only sounds that could be heard were the hushed whimpers of the children and the distant yelling of the guards. When the soup was finished, Yoya reached down to grab the pot when everything went silent. Outside, she could still hear the muffled sounds of the guards, but over it was the unmistakable sound of heavy footsteps and grunting. Everybody listened intently, their eyes growing wider, when all of a sudden, the front window smashed. Yo-Yo whipped around, spilling some of the soup on the fire in the process and putting it out immediately. The bear had jumped straight through the window, taking out most of the wall in the process. The room filled with screams as everyone tried to run in different directions. Yo-Yo tried to run, but her legs wouldn't move and she fell flat on her face. Her son had been hanging off of her legs in fear, and as she hit the ground, her shoulder bumped the table, sending the gas lamp flying to the ground and smashing everywhere. As soon as that gas lamp hit the ground and smashed, the room went completely dark. In the darkness, Yoya could hear screaming coming from all around her and the roar of the bear as it rampaged through the group. She couldn't quite tell where it was when all of a sudden she felt a stabbing pain in the back of her leg as the bear's teeth sunk into her calf. She yelped out in pain and luckily the bear let go. Although she was relieved, it was short-lived because the next scream she heard came from her son, who had now moved under the kitchen table behind her. Yoya turned around searching in the darkness for the boy until she found him sobbing under the table. Then. She heard the bear trample across the room to a different noise. This noise was the guard screaming for help. In an instant, the screams for help turned into screams of agony as the bear bit down on his neck. Yoya could hear the horrifying crunches as the bear feasted on the guard. The sounds were coming from the door, so Yoya picked up her son and ran out the hole in the wall that the bear had made. The big group of guards was only a couple hundred feet away from the house, so she ran straight towards them. While she was running, the pain in her legs seemed to disappear from all the adrenaline, and she looked down at her son, seeing that he was only bit on the hand, and was otherwise alright. When she got to the guards, she explained that the bear was still inside the house, and she followed behind as they approached it. The screams of her friends could still be heard inside. The guards briefly considered burning down the house with the bear inside, but Yoya stopped them. She told them that the screams were a clear indicator that some of the people were still alive inside. So a couple of the guards made their way cautiously towards the entrance holding up a lantern. Then they peeked around the corner and saw the most horrifying sight imaginable. There were bodies everywhere. Some were dead, some were playing dead, and others were still screaming. In the corner, the bear was approaching a pregnant woman who was clutching her stomach, screaming, Please don't touch my belly, as the bear began attacking her. The guards shouted at the bear, hoping to get his attention, but it was already too late. So the rest of the guards circled the building with their guns and began pounding on the walls, hoping to drive the bear outside. Luckily, this worked, 
but as the bear ran out the door, there were so many guards bunched together that nobody shot at the bear out of fear they'd hit one another. Once the bear was gone, the guards entered the building and carried out their injured relatives. Altogether, there were six deaths, three young boys, the guard, the pregnant woman, and her baby. The rest were shaken up or injured and would later recover. The following morning, Akedi, the man who had went to fetch Yamamoto the bear expert, returned. Upon arriving, he was notified of the second bear attack and was told that his pregnant wife and unborn child had been killed. To make matters worse, Akedi told the villagers that Yamamoto had recently gone through a rough patch and had sold all of his guns for alcohol. Yamamoto had given him one piece of information though. He said the bear was likely one he knew, a bear named Kesagake, who had killed three women in a previous incident. The town once again arranged a search party and sent somebody to go notify the police in the nearby city of Hoboro. By the time the police were notified, the search party had already searched for three days and had seen no signs of the bear. The police dispatched a team of six snipers, recruiting Yamamoto Hakaiki on the team. They hunted the bear for another few days, but had no luck. So knowing what needed to be done, Yamamoto told the villagers that they needed to lure the bear. The only way to do this, he said, was to use a corpse from a previous attack. After a lot of pushback from the town, they ended up laying a body in the middle of the field on the outskirts of town, setting up camp nearby. They waited two more days, and frustratingly, the bear never appeared. At this point, there were over 60 people involved in the search, and they were combing through every inch of the nearby forest. Somehow, the bear managed to sneak past all of them and break into the Ota household once again, eating all of their winter food. This break-in would end up being helpful, because on December 19th, they were able to track the footprints to a bridge where they found the bear hiding in a bush beneath it. The group opened fire on the bush, and miraculously, the bear escaped once again, leaving a trail of blood behind it. Hoping to move quietly, Yamamoto grabbed two hunters and they tracked the trail of blood. A full day of travel later, they spotted the bear up ahead, resting beneath a Japanese oak tree. They approached silently, and once they were close enough, Yamamoto got two clean shots at the bear, hitting it in the head and the heart, killing it instantly. The nightmare was finally over. The 9-foot-tall, 750-pound bear was then brought back to the village using horses and burned. Many of the villagers ended up moving away from Sankabetsu, hoping to escape the tragic memories. The mayor's son, Okawa, who was seven at the time, swore to become a famous bear hunter. He pledged to kill 10 bears for every one fallen victim. By his retirement 55 years later, he had amassed 102 kills and had managed to kill a 1,100 pound bear in 1980. The attack is infamously known as the worst animal attack in Japanese history, and the town of Sankabetsu is now a popular tourist attraction. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode of the show. I really hope you liked it. If you have any tips or suggestions, don't hesitate to tell me. You can leave them in the comments or on my Instagram or TikTok. See you next week.